You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Half hour. Welcome to Half Hour with Jeff and Richie, the theater and pop music podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. And on today's show, we have a very special guest, Dominic Falacaro. Dominic is a producer, composer, and multi-instrumentalist based in Brooklyn, New York. His productions and performances have been featured on numerous albums and across film and television. And most recently, he is the music director and provided additional orchestrations for And Juliet. The new musical featuring the music of Max Martin is now playing on Broadway. So Dominic, welcome to Half Hour Podcast, and thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. This is awesome. Um, We would love to dive right into And Juliet, of course. Um, We have... Tons of things we want to talk to you about that. But before we do that, we just figured we'd start with a kind of an icebreakery question, get our listeners to know you a little bit more about just some of your past experiences with music and what kind of led you up to and Juliet. So if you want to kind of go, then kind of start there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so I've been playing piano since kindergarten. I've been pl- it's <laughs> the the my whole my whole universe. And so I studied jazz. Uh, in high school and played in a lot of bands in high school. And then I came to New York to study jazz music. Um, but honestly, what I wanted more than anything was just to play in any band that would have me, any songwriter, any any person that would have me. I wanted to be involved. And more than anything, just really wanted to be uh, in the recording studio. That's really where I kind of found my, my home. And uh, through working on a number of different things, sort of uh, ended up... Uh, in the universe of children's music, uh, briefly, and through that met my uh, collaborator Bill Sherman uh, on Anne Juliet, who sort of pulled me into this world of theater, and so it's been a kind of learning journey uh, <laughs> the, through the whole thing. I, and so my my role in Anne Juliet was definitely providing sort of the pop sensibilities and other sort of like production sensibilities, and sort of picking up the theater parts from from other folks as I go, which has been great. That's awesome. That's awesome. We um well we saw Anne Juliet in the fall when it opened. We loved it. Uh it's playing currently for those of you listening who don't know it's playing in New York City at the Stephen Sondheim Theater. Um and we just were so so impressed with this pop and theater hybrid combo piece. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where Two Worlds Entertainment as our company comes from is I come from a theater background, Jeff comes from a, 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 a pop music background and so we kind of kind of hybrid those two ideas. So this was like literally 
What we always talk about. Yeah, exactly. Worlds colliding. Yes. We always, yeah, that was always our topic. We're like, how do we combine both of us together and like yeah. what we love? Yeah, yeah, and I've turned that into a six or seven year professional journey here. I working love on that. <laughs> and, and so because of that, we wanted to just kind of talk a little bit about what the process of this show was like in terms of taking these famous pop songs, reorchestrating them, rearranging them, and also, you know, where did you kind of fall? I guess my question is more of what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? So was it the story and the music was added? Was it let's do a story and just use this music? Like where did you kind of fit in on the journey of the show and choosing the specific songs for the specific moments in the show? Yeah, of course. So I think like everything in the show, a lot of it was story-driven, book-driven. And mm-hmm. shout out David West Reed, our amazing writer. Um, you know, he he already coming in had such a good musical sense. I mean, we were given such free reign over the embarrassment of riches that is Max Martin's song catalog. And so, I mean, if you go and see the show, like like you two have, I mean, there are some of the biggest ones of all time, but then there are some deeper cuts in there, and mm-hmm. it, it is whatever sort of worked for the show the best. There's definitely plenty of things and versions on the cutting room floor of things that didn't quite work as well, or mm-hmm. a mashup that didn't go exactly the way that we thought it would, or pay off as good. Uh, but I think the the spine of the show from the moment I entered working on it in like 2017. Uh, the show, the nitty, like the details are a lot different, but the the show itself is very much the same. And like Juliet's journey and sort of the show within a show of, of uh, Shakespeare and Anne sort of pulling on the strings. That was always such the mm-hmm. thesis statement. But it, it's only through doing workshop after workshop after workshop that you start to realize like, oh, this this works or this this isn't really serving as as the story is as well as it could. And then you sort of, you know, you add person by person. You know, you start and it's the book writer and Bill and I just talking about music and sort of anything is possible. Whole songs go in and out. You add our amazing director, Luke Shepard. You add our amazing choreographer, Jen Weber. And and so you, then you start to get the like, oh, this could have a dance moment. Oh, this could yeah. have this sort of beat. So it's it, it's really an amazing collaborative room through all of it. Um, and it's a lot of trial and error. There's so much of what you see on stage that was like workshop kind of just busking it out just sort of seeing seeing what worked and yeah and and we sort of evolved into this thing when you joined the project what stage was the show already in so i mean there was there was already like a very full draft of everything although different songs there was i I think Mm -hmm. i'm trying to remember what's uh uh, what sort of things were in and were out. I think this show originally had Juliet waking up with Katy Perry's Wide Awake at, um. at, at a certain point. <laughs> um, and, and like certain things, yeah, you try so many different versions of things, but there was very much a script, very much the narrative structure. Um, so, and most of all, the, so most of the music was already slotted when you came in, would you I say? I would say all enough music to make a show work was the amount of songs that were in that version to what are in the final version, I don't know, two thirds ish, like okay. certain things coming and going and then certain thing. Yeah. Certain, uh, uh, yeah. Certain things being replaced, certain things being added, certain mashups being added. Um, yeah, it, it was definitely an evolution. Like one thing on the opposite end, something that remained untouched from draft one is the teenage dream break free scene uh, mm. with the Lance and the nurse up on the bed. Like that 
worked on day one and mm. like no no notes like that just yeah. sort of went the, the whole time and it just crushed in every every room that it was and yeah shout out to melanie <laughs> labari for for just slaying it, so it for good. year after it, year that yeah. was a great moment i know there's so many good moments you think about that i mean i'm a huge celine dion fan so that's the way it is might have been my moment where i grabbed my armchairs a little tight and said this is <laughs> so great because i just love you know and, and speaking about the musicality of it it's a amazing what you all did with taking the song and not, I mean, not to bash shows that have come before it, with which are um, jukebox style shows, right? Where the song sounds the, like maybe Mamma Mia, for example, the song sounds the exact same in the show as it did Abba prior, right? This was this like real, really wonderful way of like revocalizing and re-instrumenting and just making it more theatrical without changing any of the root of the song. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, feel, I, I felt that I'm sure you, of I, course you all did. I, I take that as the highest praise. That's the nicest thing you could say. I really, uh, to me and to Bill, this whole thing was about paying tribute to the like absolute iconic nostalgia of, and, and what this, what this music means to certain folks. And there mm-hmm. are, and, and, and we're not just, uh, we're not just a wedding band, just sort yeah. of doing our approximation <laughs> mm-hmm. of can't stop the feeling. Like we we have access to Max and his brain and sort of the vault of sounds. And so we are when when it's my life happens, it's not sort of the talk box sound. It is the exact talk box sound dialed in like perfectly. And so the things that we did close, we wanted to really serve and really like uh, pay as much tribute to how you remember them and then just the gut punch of hearing all those sounds come out of the speakers all at once. But when we did take adventures, we wanted to kind of take you far away from it. We wanted yeah. to, like, you know, the that's the way it is, sort of has like this, like, sort of step touch kind of shuffle <laughs> in the original, but like, what if we really put you all up in your feelings and like let Betsy Wolf take you there yeah. and um, and really it. just the, the like ballad-esque <laughs> nature, like, I mean, a testament to Max is just the supreme love of melody. Right. And those are the things we really didn't change melodies by and large as like a as a rule. Bill and I were like, we're not messing with melodies. It's just what ki- what kind of sonic trickery or like mm-hmm. other orchestrational things uh, that are story driven. Can we take you on? And a lot of that is using our strings and using kind of the power of the orchestral nature of our band to kind of like overlay that emotive side and that extra storytelling kind of zhuzh. That's, I was listening to the soundtrack again yesterday because I just wanted to hear more in detail some of like the musical theater elements that were brought into this pop score, which is great. And do you feel like some songs were more challenging than others? Like what would have been the most challenging out of all of them? Yeah, definitely. I mean, certain things, uh, certain things right away worked really easily when it's uh, when we realized we could take a big risk thinking about things like baby one more time. Mm -hmm. We realized like, what if we just completely flip it on its head that you what you know from this is the iconic piano boom, Mm -hmm. boom, boom. So like no piano, let's do it guitar driven. And like, Mm -hmm. how can we intersperse those kind of uh, that heartbeat, that kind of sound amongst other things. And if you go back and listen to that the sort of like plotting heartbeat of that piano thing is given to our strings, it's given to our bass. It's like Mm -hmm. the DNA of stuff is always finding its way into other instruments. And so sometimes it was really easy to do when we had a kind of aha moment about how we could execute it. Certain things that were harder, um, I'm thinking of a song like uh, Problem in Act Two, where uh, that chorus is whispered in the original. 
and that sort of thing uh, and again a lot of credit to bill for for knowing that like that would absolutely die on the vine on stage like you can't go up on stage in a big number and whisper like it just won't translate it won't work um and so then this is one of the few things that i think is in the exception category to changing melodies but we needed to melodize it we need to do something Mm -hmm. to put something behind it and so bill came in with sort of this kind of idea of putting the melody through it and then we sort of sat by the piano and thought about how we could pivot through i don't know five or six different key changes through through doing it and uh, mash it up with the weekend some you know somewhere in the middle so that that one was more challenging i think another fun challenge was we were given uh one more try in act two okay which was the only song in the show that's written for the show like that song didn't exist beforehand so it was uh so many of the other things you're referencing the original or you're pulling from other sort of things and this was like max sent us a demo and mm. we just sort of went with it and so i think of all the musical theatery things in the show that to me i want it to be the most that because there was no pop sort of element at that point to pay tribute to so i we really tried to make that and a real ballad moment the the way it slows down the way it kind of gets grandiose and key changes for each person singing and they do at the end we really tried to do that so that was another sort of kind of musical challenge lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mm. So since Max sent a demo there, what was his like full involvement in the show? And had Max said done anything in theater before this no i think so i this was max's first foray into the theater as well Mm -hmm. and i think the coolest thing about the show and a testament to luke and a testament to our producers a testament to sort of everyone is that it was really run you you had a circle of people uh and this includes our actors too you had a circle of people that there are certain people in that room that are experts have done it a million times and other people that it's their first Mm. and that so max has done hit after hit after hit knows how to do the recording studio knows how to do all those things but it's his first time translating it in, into theater and you have certain actors in our company that this is you know uh they've done a bunch of shows mm-hmm. but then you have some we we have a lot of broadway debuts in our cast and so it was a room that was run in a way that was very like equitable and best idea wins and so w- watching max kind of bring his very egalitarian collaborative studio attitude into a theater setting was amazing because we were all sort of learning from each other and together. And so, I mean, Max very easily could have done a situation where he just sort of shows up at the end and was like, that was great guys. (laughs) Uh, But Max was super involved. He's sitting in the theater during tech, tweaking the snare drum. Like, (laughs) you know, if there's a synthesizer sound, that's not quite right. He's, he's coming down to the pit with me and we're, we're fiddling with knobs and we're talking about how to make these like analog synthesizers work in a, 
in a in a Broadway setting. So it, it's really amazing that he was so involved, and that sort of was the like uh, the best cherry on top for me is like really getting to work with him in a collaborative setting. It was amazing. Yeah, because he's such a major person in the industry, especially the pop industry, and writing banger after banger that we've all fell in love with and known today you know he kind of dominated so much of the late 90s and all of the 2000s which is like so cool i was some of the selections were interesting to me though because i was like oh why did they leave some really big artist out of the final set list like for one like taylor swift were they not allowed to use her music or is there just you know drama there or you know (laughs) i'm curious Uh, yeah sure (laughs) So there is a catalog that is absent, uh, okay. and yeah, you. It's, I, I think there were earlier versions that, yeah, sort of had had those things a part of it, and the later versions do not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm very proud with sort of where we ended up. I think, uh, yeah, there, I, <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> that, that I, I, I think there is a very low drama answer of just that we. Uh, I mean, like, there's three other musicals of songs that still could be used that, like, yeah. we still left on the floor. Like, it's it's crazy, and I think uh, does that uh, mean we're getting a sequel? <laughs> I mean, if, if the audience demands that I'll be first in line to yeah, start building yeah. it, yeah, it, that's that's great. There, there, yeah. This this was so much fun to work on. Yeah, and 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 talking about, I, you know, I always feel like with these these hybrid type shows, there's like two models, right? There's like the let's tell the story of Carol King or Neil Diamond, right? And then, or there's let's use their music and create an original story with the music of like what Mamma Mia was, or even what um, this um, once upon a one more time on Broadway right now. Right. So in, in your opinion, where do you see Broadway moving in the future? Do you see the let's tell the stories? Do you see the let's do the next version of Anne Juliet? Do you see both? Like, where do you kind of see this trajectory going now that this is kind of happening so frequently? You know, I I, I really have been sort of learning about the, the, the theater industry and the state of Broadway kind of as I go. And all, all I can say is from my perspective, people really respond to the story element of this. One of my favorite things in the world. So part of my job as music director on the show, other than playing it, mm-hmm. you know, eight times a week is once per week, I go out into the audience, I watch, I give notes, I sort of, you know, take take notes of how things are going. But in that is one of my just biggest joys is watching people watch it. And, you know, I love that. I mean, Max's catalog spans so much time that like you have a parent that had the Backstreet Boys poster on their wall, bringing a kid that knows Ariana Grande. And Mm -hmm. like, it's such a long period of time of banger after banger. Uh, (laughs) But one of my favorite things, though, is watching older folks that are the generation or two generations above, you know, this music, that the the music doesn't come for free for them at all. Like, Since You've Been Gone means nothing to them from a nostalgia standpoint. They just have to take in the story. Uh, and it is amazing to watch folks like that and kind of go on the ride and like, you know, Julia goes up on the balcony and they're sort of flabbergasted and it, like in the best of ways, you're just like watching people experience the sort of joy bomb of our show. Um, and I, I you know, I, I think it's no shade to anything that is just like, I guess, biopic or just p- kind of put the songs in to put the songs in. But I know that our recipe of things is a really special one. It allows you to 
go a notch beyond just what the music gives you. And I think that's an amazing thing to bring to, to people. Because even if you have people that love Baby One More Time, there's still a percentage of folks that come, they're like, how are they doing this? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, well, well, I'll wait and see. But yeah. by the end, of, but by intermission, they're full, the, the hook has been set. Who do you see, like, responding to it the best, do you think? When I mean, you do watch one, of, one of my favorite things is when, like, school groups come and, like, mm-hmm. other younger folks come. Uh, we, there was a talkback that we did during, um, it's like family night or family week on Broadway. And mm-hmm. all our actors talked about, like, oh, my first Broadway show was this. My first Broadway show was this. And you have to sort of do the math backwards that... You know, there are some kids that come and yes, it's just a fun field trip. But then there are some kids that are coming where like, this is a fork in the road and they saw something on stage and they want to pursue this now. And you know that you're like putting a tattoo on someone's brain of just like, there was, I thought life was this way and it is now this way. And, you know, all of our actors have that sort of genesis. And so, you know, that like someone is watching young young people it just it full stop watch julia go up on the balcony just any of these things it's like we really celebrate what like life could be you know and and a lot of in a lot of ways and so to kind of see that wash over young folks face is amazing which is like such a big moment in the show too seeing julia go especially just watching lorna up on that we i was like this she is a star yeah, just, like, I mean, yeah. an unbelievable. Yeah. We, when we did this podcast episode, we were like, "We're watching a star get born yeah. into the industry right now," and then we were just blown away by her. Yeah, it's an amazing. I mean, she is wonderful. She is an incredible vocalist. She is really like funny in uh in such an organic way and like her take on Juliet her read on it is mm-hmm. so different than what we had built in London and she really brings her own thing to it and just yeah an absolute like showstopper vocal which is just a, as a m- musician and music director is the, the best gift in the world i mean she she's mm-hmm. fantastic and and so now outside of then Juliet you know what is your life like in terms of your music career do you perform anywhere are you working on any other future projects that you're like allowed to say now sure. like what's next yeah, yeah. past this for you so you know i've been with juliet for since 2017 and both putting it up in london toronto here and then sort of the journey of getting us uh to the tonys this past whatever mm-hmm. like it, it's it, it has been a very like all consuming sort of journey to kind of put it up and so i'm now just starting to kind of groundhog my my head above sand and sort of think about what's next um, I'm starting to work with artists again as a producer and I'm starting to really like from this experience in theater start to work with some younger up and coming theater writers on some very, very new stuff. Cool, uh, cool. And so that that stuff is very promising to me, kind of learning through Juliet what you what is possible on stage and what you can kind of uh, from both a narrative and just like music and technology sort of standpoint, like how far you can push it. And that's that's the kind of stuff that's very interesting to me is like how much of the pop universe can you put into this setting? Uh, so I'm I'm excited to be working with a couple younger writers that are into that pursuit. OK, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mm. That's awesome. Good for that, you. That's I awesome. That. Yeah. Speaking of some pop artists, we've seen like people like Kelly Clarkson perform with the cast before. We saw Katy Perry kind of show up. Have any of the other pop performers been involved in the show in any way? Um, I don't know if there was any feedback in terms of like uh, the artist impacting the way the song sounds, but it's been amazing to watch folks show up. I mean, because of the sort of like rarefied air of Max and sort of what comes with it, the amount of folks that have dropped by is crazy. Everything from Robin to Katy Perry to, I mean, Ed Sheeran has come, I think, multiple times in multiple places. Uh, it's it's ludicrous the amount of folks that that show up. I feel, Harry Styles came to our uh, one of our rehearsals in London. Mm. I mean, it is bananas the folks that pop through uh and it's great i also love being that uh that like stratus of folks i love being their first broadway show too of just like whoa okay i didn't know it was this yeah uh, that's that's like my favorite thing in the world is to sort of bring that you know Katy perry coming up and being like oh this is like serving full vocal and it's that's the best compliment that you could possibly get so much fun oh my gosh um, we're getting close to having one final question here. Um, and this is something that we're, we're, we like to do when we're interviewing now, but we wanted to, um, ask this to all of our guests. So what's a fun behind the scenes moment or memory from N Juliet that you can share with us? Sure. There are so many. Um, I'm thinking of one of the most amazing things was that, uh, in the London process, uh, we did so many workshops over there when we found out that we were going over there that uh, by the time we were doing like our second to last kind of workshop before we had a theater over there, most of our cast was sort of with us and in place. Mm -hmm. So my favorite thing was just that you're sort of building this show kind of for the folks doing it. And uh, I think one of the coolest things about our show is that we sort of alternate between it feeling like a rehearsal room because they're sort of putting on this show and then Super Bowl halftime show, like confetti, everything. And yeah. that sort of aesthetic of like, wait, there there was pyro, but then like our actors sort of move the furniture as well was mm -hmm. the aesthetic of just the sort of charm of these brilliant actors sort of like bringing so much of themselves into it. And, I, and I, I, I'll never forget sort of uh, in the workshop process, they're very long days for the creative team because you're with your um, actors during the day. And then it's like, oh, they, they leave at 6 p.m. They leave and it's like, OK, this and this and this needs to change. But this and this was great. What can we do? And there was a whole chunk of time where basically what audience knows as like uh, the beginning of act two just sort of got dropped into place. And so sort of by surprise to all of our actors, like all of a sudden they came back and then what do you want from me? And these other like emotional beats of the show, just watching them sort of read it and watching it envelop them was so gratifying and so cool. And I also think something that happened in a similar way was watching the, basically the entirety of the scene of overprotected happen. Mm. And just I, I, what well, I didn't know in a theater world, and maybe this is only London or I, I don't know if it's a, a tradition over here as well is 
some of the highest praise I think you can get from actors in a rehearsal room is them throwing their shoe uh, in praise. Uh, And so they did overprotect it and people are screaming and just going absolutely bananas for the comedy and for the songs. And, and we finish it and people are just throwing their shoes. So like that as like the, 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 the show outward show of love was one of the most, it was so great to watch and just kind of that joy that's in the show is because it's in the rehearsal room. It's into everywhere and it's yeah. part of just what we do i love that oh richie does ever do they throw shoes every time i don't i don't know i've not heard of that in, in the <laughs> new york scene but maybe in, in college when people could sing like they could belt people used to take their shoes off and throw it like, okay I, I went to music business school so okay okay people okay. and a lot of the vocal performers when they would be doing a showcase or something people would take their shoe off and they would oh throw my. it on the stage so maybe <laughs> yeah I, you know whatever whatever no. sign of affection there is yeah, yeah. oh my god Great compliment, right? Well, listen, unfortunately, we are out of time. We have to wrap this. I could spend hours talking about this. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to the the music and theater and pop music stuff, yeah, I'll I'll gab for hours. (laughs) I love it. But we thank you all so much for listening. And we thank you so much, Dominic, for being here and sharing some insight with us on just this world. We love the show. We definitely want to come back and see it sometime. Uh, It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed the conversation with Dominic. Dominic, if our listeners would like to learn more about your work, where can they find you? Uh, keyofdom.com is a way to find me on, on the internet. And I still keep a Twitter active at keyofdom. Amazing. Love it. Well, to all our listeners, if you have any suggestions of future episodes you'd like to hear about, we'd love to hear from you. And you can also connect with us on Instagram and TikTok at Half Hour Podcast. Also, if you'd like to check out our full review and thoughts of N. Julia, you can go back and listen to our past podcast episode all about it, which is linked in the description of this podcast episode. And we'll also link your info in the description as well, yeah. Dominic. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dominic. We can't to see what's in store for you next. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. Saying ta-ta for now. Bye. 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 Thanks. <laughs> hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.